Welcome to the Miss Moto Podcast. We believe that being at our best means choosing adventure, overcoming obstacles, and facing fears. Our goal is to share stories of inspiring folks and build a community that supports and encourages each other. This week, I'm delighted to introduce you to Joe and Emily of The Fantastic Life. They've been great friends and an inspiration in my life, and I know you'll enjoy meeting them too. Let's jump right in. Hello. Hey, how are you? Well, thank you guys for making time. I know you're about to head off on another uh, another segment of the of the adventure shortly. But tell us a little bit about who you are and and what you guys have been up to for the last couple of years. Yeah. So Joe and Emily here. Um, we have been living the van life for about two. Well. Two and a half years almost. We're getting close to two and a half years with a how many month break? Three? Three-ish break? Yeah, so about a three-month break during the COVID time. But um, we launched off and we were trying to do all the nationals, which are how many of them are there now? 62, I think. So about 62 national parks in the United States. And we've accomplished the majority of them. There's been a couple of them that have been added. It was 59 when we started. So I think there's only like, what, three or so that we haven't gone to? Five. Five left. Yeah. Yeah. So that was our initial goal. We did it really well. We thought we were going to be on the road for only a year and then decided that it totally worked out and we could live and work and, you know, figure that out from the road. And it's been a great experience. So um, I do online fitness and real estate stuff, and Emily does. I work for True Panion, a pet medical insurance company. Very cool. Okay, so, so you said a few things that I want to unpack. Um, and as I relaunch this podcast, what I'd love to tell stories of, and you guys have inspired me for uh, for a long time. So it's kind of it's kind of fun and kind of fitting for y'all to be the the first one. It's kind of fun for me personally. Um, but folks that choose adventure. And kind of this notion that we really don't get to live our best lives unless we choose to do hard things and kind of unknown things and maybe even choose to do them before we've got it all figured out, you know. And so I'd love for you guys to, to share, um, and I actually don't know this story, how you decided that this would be the adventure you would embark on. Like, how did you guys decide on a van and how did you decide on national parks or was that a kind of a long-term dream? So that's a great question. And that pretty much started from us after realizing a year or so into our relationship that we were going to be a, have a long-term thing here. And we, well, especially me, I like to set goals, like really hard long-term goals. So uh, we sat down and we decided to set some goals for our relationship and what we wanted to accomplish as a team. And we both loved being outdoors. And that was one of the major things that we enjoyed. And then it came in, came to like, we really enjoyed going on road trips. So we put that together and thought, let's set up a big goal of going to all the national parks. And then that kind of morphed into, well, could we do it right now? You know, like why wait on that? Could we figure out how to do it right now? And Emily's brother, um, Actually, you should tell a little story about Philip and like what Philip has done. Uh, my brother was quite a free spirit for a while and he hiked the PCT. He's uh, just kind of lived out of the back of a truck driving from Nova Scotia to Seattle, like 
all over the board and he had this really cool old Ford Econoline van that he bought with dreams of converting and so I kind of always had like a van picture in my life and I knew about the company Sportsmobile and so we thought hey why don't we try and do all the national parks at once and make it one big trip and what about a van and so we started looking at converted vans. Yeah, so from there, it kind of just went down this road of um, people sending us information, us doing research, um, us to trying to figure out what we wanted to actually do. Um, and it took like three years to put this, you know, from, all right, this is an idea that went from, all right, we're going to go to all the national parks, to we're going to go to all the national parks right now, to how are we going to actually do that, you know, because I was working at a CrossFit gym at the time. I did some online stuff. Emily's job seemed like it could be online. They were kind of moving the company in that direction, so she had to feel that out as well. She was like, she pretty much was the icebreaker for that in her company, which is yeah, super cool. I wanted to dig in on that, Joe, before you even mentioned it, because you know, kind of being the entrepreneur and online business builder is somewhat um, common in kind of the van life or the digital nomad community. But Emily kind of did this long before COVID made it cool or, or necessary, you know? Uh, so how did you navigating those conversations with your work? How did that go? Were you ever worried about it? Um, in, in, in that regard, did you ever, you know, was there any fear in having that conversation with your company? Oh yeah. There was definitely a lot of uncertainty on my end to start. Um, I started working at Trupanion in 2013 and we kind of concocted this plan, I think in 2014 maybe. Um, and so I kind of, I was friends with my bosses and I, I kind of dropped hints here and there and was feeling it out. And I was told by multiple different bosses, you know, as people moved on that I could I could do this. And so I kind of just stuck with that. I, you know, when I got a new boss, I said, Hey, so, you know, I'm planning on doing this thing where I live in a van and I was told that I could work remotely. So just so you know, and everyone was like, Oh yeah, cool. No worries. Someone told you that. Great. So it kind of just like morphed into this, like they told me I could, I got a laptop eventually. And I just worked really hard and stayed in the office to just keep that presence and just keep reminding them that that was my goal. And when the time came, I brought it up to my boss who was, you know, new at the time. And they were like, yeah, as long as you can get your work done, then we don't really care what you do. And I was like, okay, well, that's awesome. Um, but there was that fear of like, well, this is kind of a weird thing to ask to live in a van. Like, how are they going to respond? But they were totally great and really supportive the whole time. And no one ever questioned it. Beautiful. And it, and it sounds like both of your families are somewhat supportive, you know, somewhat adventurous and, and outdoorsy. So you, you might not have that obstacle, but were there other, were there any folks in your life that, you know, really just told you guys it couldn't be done? It wasn't safe. You know, you're going to run out of money. You're, did you have any of that or was, was everybody pretty supportive? Honestly, I think that everybody was very supportive, but they had this thought in the back of their mind that they weren't telling us, like they didn't want to pop our bubble by saying, holy smokes, you're going to buy a $100,000 van and you're going to like try and work from places that don't have internet and you're going to try and have Emily's company be okay with that. And Joe, you're going to make money because most people don't understand how I make money, you know, like off the affiliate marketing stuff and like the real estate, they know that I do it and I talk about it, but they don't actually conceptualize how it works. So I think that there was a lot of people that when we got the van, 
you know, I remember like your, your dad, especially kind of like, Oh, so you did this, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't just this pipe dream because I always, you know, I dream big and figure why the heck not. And when it happened, people I think were surprised, but nobody was negative about it. That's cool. That's cool. And perhaps that's a lesson in and of itself as we project all these objections that people around us might have. And, and, and most of the time, like you say, even with the work situation, what we're scared of doesn't, um, doesn't materialize anyway. So let's talk about, um, about fears. And again, I've, I've known you guys a long time. Don't know that I've ever had a chance to ask these questions, but were there any parts of it that you were scared of? Yeah. So I think that it was, it was kind of, for me, I, I hadn't fully gone online with my business at that point. It was like, I was doing stuff online, but I hadn't completely pushed off. So I wasn't a hundred percent sure what that was going to look like. And at that point, uh, I'll let Emily speak for this, but she wasn't making as much money as she is now either. Um, so there was kind of this, like, I'm not really sure to play out the worst case scenario wasn't looking that bad. The worst case scenario was that we had this really expensive van that had a really great resale value that we could drive home and then get jobs again and sell the van and have, you know, probably make some money off of it because these things are are pretty sought after at this point. So coming from a real estate background, I had that in the back of my mind as a, as a fallback. Um, but I was a little bit scared not knowing if there would be enough money or that we'd be able to actually connect and have internet and things like that. How about you? Yeah, I think similarly to Joe, I was just fearful of the ability to actually do my job. So continuing to work at a high level, uh, my job is based on productivity. And so I was concerned that I would be able to keep up with that. But that was the main fear for me was just kind of the unknown. And Joe and I talked about that. And we knew that if it wasn't working, we could just like Joe said, turn around, head back to Seattle and figure out something else. So yeah, another thing I should note too is that a lot of people were have made comments on like, you know, how do you live in such a small space together? And that's a fear for a lot of couples that get into this. Um, we have always, since the day one when our relationship started, spent all of our time together. Like, we had just had this kind of relationship where we became really good friends immediately, and we like to do all of the same things, eat the same foods, with the exception of uh, sweet things here and there. Um, but we do everything together. So moving in the van, I would say that that was never a problem, never an issue. And, uh, you know, I could see how it would be, but just to nip that question in the bud. Okay. So I'm going to ask the other stereotypical girl question. Um, you know, I took a road trip with my mom and my daughter, uh, our first post COVID road trip where we drove uh, from my house to my sister's in Las Vegas. Um, and we, we stayed in a Walmart parking lot in our, uh, in our RV, um, and lots of folks, you know, just thought that was, you know, just not something that they would do, you know, with, with three generations of, of girls, um, all by themselves, you know, that, that kind of a thing. So, um, and I guess I want to pose this to Emily first, like the, the physical safety as aspect, have you ever... Have you ever even, has it, does it cross your mind or, I mean, you guys are super fit, so maybe it doesn't, but, um, you know, do you ever, do you ever even think about that or indulge that or how do you manage that in your own head? Yeah, I think, uh, I thought about it more in the beginning, but like you said, we stay at Walmart parking lots on a 
semi-regular basis when we're passing through areas. Um, I've always felt really comfortable just because Joe is with me and there, there were a few times early on where Joe would fly back to Seattle for real estate stuff and I would be alone in the van. And it took a little while getting used to it, but I never felt unsafe. It was more just being alone was different. And so it felt strange. Um, Joe and I do a pretty good job of scouting out areas. And if we feel like an area doesn't seem very great, we'll leave and we'll go find someplace else. So for instance, outside of Joshua Tree, we drove up to some BLM land to camp for free and it just felt seedy felt not right. So we left and went to a campground and you just have to be okay with making decisions if you, if you feel that way. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So it, you're almost done with, um, with, with this, this chapter. Are you, are you guys going to do this indefinitely? Have you added to the, the, the adventure list or, or what's next? Yeah, I think that we really loved the winter camping, especially like chasing powder. Both of us come from just like loving powder snowboard days and doing that over the winter was really eye-opening how much fun that could be to just go out and get be at resorts when the snow hit. And we did almost 30 days of skiing, snowboarding last year. And we'd like to do, you know, at least that much, maybe double it this next year if we can pull it off. You know, COVID's obviously something, but um, that was so much fun that we're just not sure when we wanted to stop. Like we've even talked about, you know, buying some property and we may buy property right now because real estate and interest rates are really low, like historically low, but it doesn't mean that we're going to slow down necessarily. And I've actually started writing in my goals list, my daily goals that I write down. And one of the the things that I've started writing down and we've talked about a little bit is van lifing through Europe. So there's some obstacles to overcome there, um, obviously, but uh, we've looked into shipping the van over there and it's, uh, it's not that expensive and it would mostly just be figuring out the work situation. So that is, that's, there's a potential there. Very nice. Very nice. So I, I kind of have this hypothesis <clears throat> that, that actually our lives are better when we choose to do hard, hard things that it, it just, it just makes us, um, you know, more resilient, more fulfilled, kind of all the good things of being a human. Um, you know, you can either have hard things thrust upon you, um, or, or, and, and, or perhaps both, um, you can, you know, choose to do hard things, you know, just, just because you can, what is your, what is your take on that? Do you think doing this has, has changed you as, as people? I would say for me, absolutely. This is definitely was not easy. And it was a, probably one of the hardest things that I would say that I have done. I mean, from like putting so many different pieces into place to make it happen. Like I've done some really hard things that people would say I could never do that. Like physically, like go out and run for 50 miles or do, you know, Ironmans or do like we ran around um, Mount Rainier, so which is like three marathons in three consecutive days. I mean, that's hard stuff. But this was like so many moving parts for about, you know, three years where we had to like order the van. We had to figure out what van we wanted. And then we had to like figure out who was going to build it and then how we were going to actually make money. And then like we had our van built from, was it three or four different places? Yeah, three or four different places because we wanted certain things a certain way. So th all of those things were definitely hard. And I feel like it's been doing that has helped me to understand that we can do hard things and hard things are not bad. You just have to like, 
put your head down and have a plan and, and move forward with them. Like we've talked about now, you know, do we want to buy another van? Do we want to buy a house? Are we going to build a compound, you know, that has like all this workout stuff in it? Like all of this stuff seems more real now that we've gone through something that was or seemed like it was insurmountable at the time. What do you think? Yeah, I think it definitely wasn't easy. Um, it was hard to wrap our brains around kind of putting everything in storage. I mean, we didn't have anything big, but just putting all your stuff, your comforts and, and going out into this big unknown and not really knowing what was in store for us and how it was going to work. And it took a lot of learning at first, especially from the work aspect and learning how to balance our work time and our fun time. Um, but it's been so rewarding and so fun that I think we would both just keep doing it for a long time. So if there's somebody listening that has the seed of, you know, a dream, an adventure, something they've, you know, they've always wanted to do, um, and they're, you know, they're, they're really thinking about getting, getting started on it. Do you have any advice that you'd offer? Well, my advice would be to plan it out. Like that's how I, my brain works is like, think big, figure out what you want to do and then write that down and then write down the steps for it. Or at least the steps that you think that are going to be, you know, that you're gonna have to walk down and then find some people that are doing it. Like, especially with the internet these days, people can reach out to us if they want to do van life and they can ask all these questions about how we build our van, how we set up our work life, how, you know, we find camping, how we find internet, all that stuff is so available right now that it's mind boggling to me that people aren't making these big plans and big, you know, setting big goals. So I, that, that's my take on it. What do you think? Yeah, I think it might seem big and scary at first, but there's so many resources. Even when we were planning this trip, we reached out to anyone we could find with an Instagram that was living in a van. We were not shy. We asked them questions. You know, you just have information because chances are someone's probably doing something similar, if not the same to what you're dreaming up. So beautiful. Go I love it. it. I love it. And I, I thank you guys for being here. And, and um, Emily, I don't get to talk to you all the time, but you, you guys have absolutely inspired, uh, inspired me and, and just, you know, being able to stay, stay connected and, and, and know folks that are, that are living this, you know, that, that just um, choose adventure and, and go for it. It is, uh, it's super cool for me personally. And, and thanks for letting me share the story um, with everybody in the Miss Moto community too. So appreciate you guys. Well, absolutely. And, you know, Kendra, you've been a huge help on this journey as well. So, you know, for those people that don't know, uh, Kendra and I talk pretty much every week and she's helped me through my business journey. So thank you for that. Absolutely. It's been fun. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Miss Moto podcast. You can find Joe and Emily online at The Fantastic Life, and I'll be sure to link to them in the show notes. If you'd like, you can also sign up for our email newsletter at msmoto.co. You'll get a recap each week with all our new episodes and updates, and we've got some fun stuff planned. All right, let's get fueled up and find some adventures.